I would like to share with you uh, from the scriptures that I shared uh, last Saturday evening at the ordination <coughs> service. And I won't uh, <clears throat> share it quite the same way or have exactly the same emphasis on every part, but uh, I would like to at least look at those scriptures. I, I looked at, at that ordination message, I looked at, um, at Ephesians chapter 4, uh, the first 16 verses, and then for the end of the message, I, I turned to uh, Joshua chapter 1, the, the first nine verses. Um, I think uh, for this morning, I would just, um, I would like to read those verses and just kind of whet your appetite with Joshua chapter, chapter 1, but not take much time. I can see it coming as a message another time. Um, you well re recall that back some time ago, I, I preached uh, from, from Psalm 119, that long psalm that nearly every verse talks about the word. <clears throat> and then sometime after that, I, I had another message, and I called it the, the sufficiency of the word. And uh, it used some various scriptures, but came back at the end to, again, Psalm 119. Um, the word is so powerful and so strong and so important for all of us. And uh, we will see that in, in those first few verses of, of, of Joshua chapter 1. So I invite you to turn there, first of all. And it won't take a lot of time with that, like I said. But maybe uh, I could develop something from that uh, at a later time. Uh, a third, uh, I guess a, a third message uh, specifically about the, the importance of of the word and the word in our hearts and, and, and lives. Um, so think about using this for, for men that are, are being ordained uh, to ministry in the church. That's what Joshua was, <laughs> was happening with Joshua right here, you see, uh, you might say. And uh, so let me just read the first nine verses uh, of Joshua chapter 1. Uh, you, the, the first few verses give the setting. You know, Moses has led the people thus far. Now Moses uh, has died. And Joshua now is, ta is tasked with the responsibility to get these people over the river into the promised land. Can you imagine that job? I mean, this wasn't just a, a few hundred people. It was thousands and thousands of people. And God appointed Joshua to, to do this. Well, let me read now the first nine verses of, uh, of Joshua um, chapter 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness... <clears throat> And this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, 
shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. That must have been great encouragement to Joshua. And uh, you can see in more than one of the verses here the importance of the word. Stick to the word, Joshua. Stick to the word, Joshua, and the Lord will bless you. I thought that was certainly appropriate for new men that were coming into the to the ministry. And so with that verse uh, 7 and 8, uh, yes, maybe sometime we can develop a message about uh, the importance of reading and meditating on the word of God and the blessing therein. All right, I'll leave that passage then. And let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Now, actually, I want to start with chapter 3, the end of chapter 3. <clears throat> because, mainly because of how chapter 4 starts. And uh, in your Bible reading and study, uh, make sure that you, you take time to when... when when a word wherefore or therefore is there, that you understand what it's there for. And so because of that, I want to pick up at the end of, of chapter 3. And sometimes it's, especially with Paul's writings, it's hard to know where to break in. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that's beside the point, really. But as you see, chapter 4 says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation you are called. So why did he say therefore? You know, I believe it's because of what he was saying just before that. And so let's look at the end of chapter 3. Um, And, and I'll just read some of the last verses here and then make some, some comments. Uh, maybe I can just make a couple comments first because it might help you, you know, see some of these things more quickly as I read the verses. 
you have the Trinity that just jumps out at you in these last verses. I mean, he don't hesitate to talk about the Spirit and the, Jesus Christ, the Son, and God the Father. They're all right here in these last verses of chapter 3. Furthermore, he talks about all three of them being in you. And furthermore, he talks about the power of that. Amen. And um, I brought a message you know, a couple years ago here you know, about the, the, the possibilities of the power of the Spirit in you. And so often I think we get, we get in the way, of, uh, in various ways, various ways, we get in the way of that manifesting, that power manifesting itself in our hearts and lives. But in, in these last little few verses, we have, we have that, we have the Trinity, we have the Trinity being in us, and we have the power that can happen, should happen when, that, when that's true. So let me just begin by reading, starting in verse 14 of chapter 3 of Ephesians reading to the end of the, uh, the chapter. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that ye ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. <clears throat> so let me just point out to you in the verses the, the things I already mentioned. So you have the Trinity here. You have the Spirit. You have Jesus Christ. And you have... Uh, God, not only just mentioned, but the, the, the idea of them being in us, okay? So look at verse 16. The end of the verse, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And if I'm reading that right, that's speaking about the spirit in me and the spirit in you. <clears throat> Look at verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts. So first the spirit in you, verse 16. Now verse 17, Christ in you. <clears throat> Look at verse 19. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. 
Wow, that, that's so beautiful. There's a trinity, all of it in us. We don't, the purpose of this, of this time this morning is not to explain all that. We could take a lot of time with that, but we can't this morning. That's not, we're, we're just introducing chapter 4, okay? <laughs> now, I said then there's the power, power of that Ex- mentioned here in these verses. So look at that. Let's look at that. Verse 16. <clears throat> that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might. Does that sound like any power or, or not? Well, yes, it does. Strengthened with might by that spirit, by his spirit. Okay power. Now look at verse 17, maybe along with verse 19. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. Just the words rooted and grounded sound like power to me. Strength, rooted and grounded Power to be steadfast, to be truthful, to be right with God, rooted and grounded, not wishy-washy, but power to stand. Yes, power to stand. That's a good one to say about a tree. Rooted and grounded, power to stand in a storm, okay? But it's more than that. Verse 19, I think I said, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. Uh, I had something in mind there about power. <clears throat> the power um, knowledge, I think, which passeth knowledge. The power of knowledge. The, the, the power that we can have to know, to have knowledge of, and to say yea and amen to the love of Christ in us. Well, look at verse 20. Verse 20, what about God's power? It's here. Now unto him that is able to do, when he, when he uses the word him now, I, I believe it's talking about, it, it's, it, it's not being general. I think it's talking about it's a specific thing, that he, the him that he just referred to. So I believe because of the way the wording flows here, the him here is God that he just left in verse 19. Now unto him, God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, you could say power already, (laughs) but he actually uses the word next, of course. I mean, the power just jumps out of that verse. The power that's, that's there, the power that's there for us to grab hold of and use in our own hearts and lives. Now unto him that God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Wow. Now he continues and we call it chapter 4. I therefore let me just read the first 16 verses. I therefore With that in mind, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit 
in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he laid captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. <clears throat> I have this feeling that <clears throat> after what he said at the end of chap chapter 3 that we just went over, I have this feeling that <clears throat> he was saying, wow, I am so humbled, and we all ought to be so humbled that God loved us so much, and I, I didn't even point out the word love in these last verses of chapter, of chapter 3 that I just looked at. But as you see in the beginning of verse 19 there, and to know the love of Christ. Why should he give me power by his Holy Spirit? Why should he choose to live in me? I mean the Spirit and the, the Son and, and the Father. Why should they choose to be so close to me and live in me? And to know the love of Christ. It all happened because Christ loved us so much. He gave himself that we could have that relationship and that connection and that closeness. 
And with that in mind, I believe Paul was so humbled and he was saying here as an example also that, that we should be so humbled that God has chosen to work with an old me, that God has chosen to love old you and to live so close to you and in you as you yield yourself to him. And so that's why he says, hey, God reached down and called you. God is calling you. God reached down and gave you a job, gave you a calling. Walk worthy of it. You're really nothing. You're really no good. But God loved you and wants to dwell in you. Walk worthy of that. And and it's going to naturally come out if you're really humble about it and you realize the love that God gave to you, it's going to come out of you in humbleness and lowliness and meekness and long-suffering toward your brother and forbearing one another in love. You see verse 2. It's nothing in me, but it's just amazing that God did this for us as a body. Now, the devil would like to squash this. The devil would like to mess it up. The devil would like to destroy it. And so verse 3 comes next. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. Listen, in the spirit, there's unity. If you and I allow the power of the spirit to work in our hearts and life, there will be unity. The the unity of the spirit. The spirit brings unity. The devil would like to destroy that and do something about it. So endeavoring to keep that unity that's in the spirit, to keep it in peace, in the bond of peace, as it says here. Now, so he's going to talk then with this thing of unity of the, in the spirit. There will be unity if we are in the spirit. So there's going to be oneness if we are allowing the spirit to work in and through us. There's going to be a oneness. So he talks about that next in the next three little verses. And then, as you see, verse 7 begins with the word, but... And he tells us about the beauty of the body and the beauty of the different gifts and parts of the body working together. And he explains that for the good of the whole, as you see in verses, you know, 12 through 16. So, but this unity because of the spirit, that's just the truth. If we're really in the spirit, if we allow the spirit to be in us, there will be unity. And so he expounds on that, verses 4 to 6. There is one body and one spirit. We are called in one hope of our calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, 
one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And, and, and so it's like he's saying, what's the deal? How can, you, how can there be divisions? How can there be looking at things so many different ways and going so many different directions and being divisions and separations? How can that happen with, when I mentioned all these ones? And he used the word one there seven times. He didn't say that just to fill up this next inch in your Bible. He said that for reasons. Look, look, brothers and sisters, there's, there's one. How, how, why, why there should be unity if you claim to be in the spirit and the spirit in you. And he just explains it. You know, there, it's one body, one spirit, one, 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 one. That's beautiful. That's the truth. But, verse 7, and this, this, is a, this is a miraculous work of God. But, uh, you know, I'm so grateful for, for my body. And you, you've heard me, you know, say this before. I said children could un easily understand this. You turn to, what is it, 1 Corinthians 12. And it actually talks about body parts. And so you children all understand how that our bodies work in a marvelous way. And, and my hand, don't get mad at, at my arm over here and just beat it up, you know. And uh, my ears and eyes work well together. And, and, you know, I could just go ahead and explain and I will, don't have to. Because you children could do the same thing I'm saying right now. You could explain how your body parts, all of them, work in such a wonderful way together. Uh, and I didn't make up this illustration. God did. Through his spirit, as Apostle Paul wrote these, these words at various places uh, where he talks about this in, in, in his letters. <clears throat> so we have this wonderful body that works together in such a wonderful way. But, verse 7, unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And so every, every body part has a gift to, to do, is gifted in a certain way to do a certain job. You know, my fingers don't hear very well, but my ear does a wonderful job. Um, and I'm just so thankful that, uh, you know, when I hear something, you know, then my hand knows what to do about it. Or when I see something, then my hand knows what to do about it. Or my foot knee knows how to join in line, you know. That's just wonderful. But to every one of us, verse 7, is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Thank God for, for the grace that he has given to my fingers. And, and the grace, uh, we're gifted with grace. I mean, he, okay, so, so God gives the gifts... And if we were in the old man... We would destroy ourselves. But he gives gifts and he gives the grace that goes along with the gift. I believe that's what verse 7 says. It's a very short verse. Gifts and the grace to go along with them to help them work in a wonderful unified way. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Grace and gifts. 
gifts will work well with the grace of God being right there and teaching us how to use them wisely. Uh, verse 8 is simply uh, quoting from the Old Testament about gifts given from Psalms. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now, in verse 11, we have a, a short little list of, of uh, preaching and teaching uh, gifts here. Now, I'm suggesting to you, verse 11, he's simply using as an example. Because you know as well as I do that in various other epistles, he has more lists of gifts. There are more lists of gifts at various places. There are gifts for preaching and teaching ministry. There are gifts for all kinds of serving in various ways. There are gifts for the lay people. There are gifts for the ordained ministers. And there's many gifts listed at various places, okay? So I believe here in verse 11, he's just giving an example, and he happens, and he, and he chooses to use here uh, in this short list of examples uh, those that share the word, you might say, in various ways. And then the effect this should have or this will have on, on the body. You see, in, in sharing some of this with, in the ordination message, then I could, I could preach it right to the ones ordained and says, brothers, you that are ordained, uh, this is, is sobering. I mean, your ministry will, will grow the body of Christ. Your ministry will have a very positive effect on the body of Christ. There you are listed in verse 11, and look at the effects of your ministry in verses 12 to 16. Now, since I'm not preaching to those two ordained men sitting on the front bench there at Pike this, this evening, I'm saying it a little bit this way. When, when Josh and Dan and David and, and Vernon and Ellis and whoever gets up here and preaches, uh, they're, they're, they're sharing their, their God-given calling. They're, they're being serious about their God-given calling. And they're preaching and teaching, verse 11. That's them, okay? Are you allowing it to have all these positive effects on you personally that we read in verses 12 to 16? You know, they can, they can preach their heart out and live beautiful examples before us. But uh, you and I, God, made with uh, individual choices. And we, uh, as body parts, have to uh, <clears throat> submit to one another and allow this to happen in our own hearts and lives. I mean, you know full well I could do damage to my body with, my, with this hand. I could, you know, gouge out my eyes and, you know, wreck my ears and 
do lots of things. I won't go into all the list of things that one could take their hand and how they could damage their, their, the rest of their body. That could, that's a possibility. And the other possibility is things I've already been saying. By the grace of God, working together in a wonderful way that we support each other and build each other up and help each other in so many ways. And we, we do that and we can do that not in our own strength because in our own old man we would, we would try to keep ourselves up here above everybody else. It's called pride. Rather than walking down here in, in lowliness and meekness and long-suffering and forbearing one another in love, verse 2, and allowing the grace of God to work in and through our gifts for the blessing of the body. So, so he, gave, he gives this example of, of gifts, of preaching and teaching gifts in verse 11. Now look at the result, what the purposes of, 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 of this gifting is, beginning with verse 12. And actually, in the original, the first comma in verse 12 is not there. So it would read like this. For the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry. Um, and uh, perfecting there means equipping. And ministry, as you've, you've known this for years already, for, but ministry means serving. From serving and ministry, it's from one Greek word. And sometimes it's interpreted in our Bibles ministry or minister, and sometimes it's interpreted serving or, or serving, but it's from the same Greek word. So it could be said like this in the first uh, half of verse 12. For the equipping of the saints for the work of serving. <clears throat> so Josh and, and Dan and David, when, when you preach... You know, that should be uh, kind of in the back of your mind. And, you know, I'm doing this. I'm doing this as I preach to help this body be, be better servants and to equip them to better service. That's what it says. Why, why, why these gifts in verse 11? Well, for the, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service. That's what. I'm about out of water, so uh, maybe somebody could help that, could serve in that way. <clears throat> um, and what will be the result of that? Well, the end of verse 12, for the building up of the body of Christ. Okay. <clears throat> for the edifying of the body, it will build the body of Christ. <clears throat> As he said in verse 3, the unity of the spirit. Now in verse 13, the unity of the faith. I would suggest verse 13 would be a good verse. <coughs> yes, for homework. <laughs> okay. I don't have time to go into verse 13, but there's so much packed in verse 13 there. It's so much packed in verse 14 and 16, too. You know that. So we're, we're, 
we're about out of time. We, we can't go into it deeply. But look at verse 13. And just think about it. Take it for your devotional time. If you like. <clears throat> just spend some time on it for a couple of days or a week or something. And let it speak to you <clears throat> in your personal needs. <clears throat> Till we all come. See, you could take some time with that. Till we all come. Are, are you coming with the rest of us? I mean, are you coming into unity with all of us? <clears throat> Hand, are you coming with the rest of me? You know, or are you going to stay out there by yourself? <clears throat> Till we all come. In the unity of the faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man. They use the perfect means mature. <clears throat> to a mature man. And to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. See, just, just that last phrase there is so, so loaded. <clears throat> so, spend some time with verse 13. <clears throat> verse 14 speaks of children being tossed to and fro. <clears throat> and the reasons why. And the end of the verse, look at the, <clears throat> I would suggest, uh, um, verse 14 and 15 being like in contrast to one another, or being like kind of the opposite of one another, rather than being children tossed to and fro, be grown up, you see that in verse 15? But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. Grown up there is the opposite of children being tossed to and fro. <clears throat> Verse 15 ends with the head, the head, Christ. And then verse 16, from whom? We, we all come down under the head. Just like all my body parts come down underneath my head. My head is the highest. My head is in control. <clears throat> and from that comes the rest of my body. That's what it says right here. Grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom, down from whom, down underneath then, from whom the whole body is fitly joined together. <clears throat> I'll leave you with this. Students, and all of you should be students, but uh, students in school, you middle-aged ones and high schoolers, <clears throat> So let's look at the two, two of the verbs in verse 16. <clears throat> Joined and working. <clears throat> and then the adverbs or the adverbial phrases or the, <clears throat> the words that help <clears throat> support and, and, and give definition to <clears throat> joined and working. from whom the whole body joined together. So, <clears throat> several things there. 
How much joined? Wholly joined. The whole body joined. How joined? Fitly joined. How joined? Together joined. Joined together. How joined? Really compacted tight. Joined really tight together. Jordan, you get that. That's called adverbs that modify the verb, right? Don't miss that when you read that verse. Paul is wonderful with, with these kind of things. Crystal, I, I hope you use some, some of Paul's writings to, to give examples of these things when, you know, in school. Okay. And then working. Working. How working? Very effectively working. Effectual working. That's what kind of working. <clears throat> How much working? Working where? Working with who? In the measure of every part. Not some parts working. Not sometimes working. Not, not some things working. But uh, working in the measure of every part. Working together in a wonderful way. Every part. <clears throat> maketh increase of the body unto <clears throat> the edifying of itself. Shall we have a closing song? <clears throat>